The stage was set, we talked about the stage was set for the sun. That was uh, a couple weeks ago, and all the prophecy that God gave to man through the prophets, thousand years, 700 years, 500 years, before Jesus ever stepped on the planet, God was already telling us, get ready, here's, it's coming. Now usually when somebody tells us something's coming, we kind of want it to happen, you know, like soon, like in our lifetime, but... But not with God. With God, it's, it's, it's about His timing. And His timing might mean generations from now. You know, and that's important for us to remember. Sometimes uh, we have dreams or, or we feel like uh, we want to see things accomplished. And maybe it won't get accomplished in your lifetime, but it will get accomplished in the next or in two more from now. But, but it's still important to understand that God is a God of His Word. And he, when He says something's coming, it's going to come may not come in our time, but it's going to come in his time, and it will come. The stage was set for the sun. Last week we talked about the sun was born. A sun is born, and that Jesus came to the earth, and all the little details that went into his birth. Everything that God lined up just to bring that week and that moment, you know, to the earth for us. You know, the birth of his son. And so today we're going to talk about the son is worshipped, because right after his birth, he began to be worshipped right away, uh, instantly uh, he was worshipped. And so we're going to be looking at two passages of scripture, Matthew chapter 2 and Luke chapter 2. So we're going to start in Luke 2, and we're going to read that passage, and we're going to look at Matthew 2, and we're going to read that passage, and then we're going to kind of talk about these things. And then I'm going to just share some uh, observations that I kind of pulled out of this. I'm sure you could pull out all kinds of observations. But that's our plan, is to dig in and then make some observations. So uh, we're in Luke chapter 2, if you want to go there. And we're going to begin by reading verse 8. Verse 8. Um, and we're going to just take this a little at a time and discuss it. Just kind of look at it, break it down a little bit, move through it, and then we'll go to the Magi. Okay? But first, the shepherds. Because chronologically, anybody notice anything about the room today? They're moving closer, aren't they? They saw the star and they began to prepare their journey. But they were not there. Don't let anybody ever put them there again. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. But when you drive down the street and you see the shepherds in the manger, don't you kind of want to go, no, that's just not right. That's not right. That's not right. They weren't there. They weren't there. Huh? The wife. Oh, I'm sorry. What did I say? The shepherds? I meant the wife. Good. Thanks for catching us. The magi. The magi. Shepherds were there. We know they were there. Here we go. Luke 2. We're going to find that out right now. Luke 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Let's just think about that. Break that down for a minute real quick. They're shepherds. These are just, you know, shepherd guys, you know. Maybe girls. I don't know. Maybe they were both. Uh, and they're just living out in the field. And so a lot of times we say, okay, because that happened, they're living on this field. It couldn't have been winter. But that's not true. My research this week, uh, they lived out in the fields in the winter too. Um, like, this is winter. You could sleep outside probably. Last week, you could probably sleep outside any night you wanted, right? It was nice and warm. Uh, so winter doesn't necessarily mean you can't go do this. It just meant they probably weren't. A lot of people say they weren't out there uh, at this time of the year because it was winter, but that's not 
necessarily the case. Uh, but they're living out. It says they're living out, which means they're not just going to visit the sheep. They're actually staying out there, you know, in tents or coverings or among the rocks or whatever. And they're nearby, so they're outside the city, and they're keeping watch. Their job is to keep watch over the flocks at night, right? And so that's what they're doing. They're just out there doing what a shepherd does. And out of nowhere, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Now, that's crazy, right? I mean, because that never happened before. And uh, just out of nowhere, this angel uh, of the Lord appears to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And so they're probably scratching their heads. They're probably going, what is going on? Did these things come to take our sheep? Oh no, where are the sheep? And, and they're terrified. They are scared. I don't know if you've ever been terrified for, about something before, uh, but um, it's a scary thing. Let me tell you a story. Cover the kids' ears. No. Um, so when I, was, when I was a young kid growing up in Buffalo, I don't know that I've ever shared this story. Growing up in Buffalo, we would do, you know, pranks. Kids do pranks, right? So we'd bomb out cars with snowballs. Okay, I'm sorry. We just did. It's what we do. That's what you do in Buffalo. There's like nothing else. There's 10 feet of snow. What can we do? Hey, I got an idea. And so we're bombing out these cars with, with uh, snowballs, right? Nailing them. And uh, we're at my friend Dan DePiro's house, and he's got, the neighbor has some bushes, and we're, we're hitting these cars, and they're driving by and hitting the brakes. And we turn around to run. We turn around to run because this car hits his brakes and he's going to stop them. Sometimes they get out and chase you. And I, we turn around and there is a guy standing right there. He like totally outsmarted us. He drove around the block, parked his car, got out, walked through the backyards, and there he is, this adult. And I, I was so scared, I just fell to the ground. Like I fetal position fell to the ground, scared to death. I, I just like it was like shock just came over me. And I, you know, you would think that would never happen, but I had no control. It just, I just like turned into a bowl of jelly. And he saw that, and so he kind of went easy on us. He said, "You guys, you know, you took out my my antenna, or something like that." And uh, he let us go, but. Um, terrified. I was terrified. That's probably the most terrified I've ever been. I can imagine, though, that if this happened, that's the kind of reaction that would happen. Like, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, these angels and this glory of God, and you're like, <gasps> like, it had to be like, take your breath away, scare the tar out of you, and just collapse to the ground. I don't know what else you would do. You would just be afraid. And if you think, <laughs> if you think that you just stand there and be brave, uh, you'd probably be weeping like a baby, I'm sure. And that's what happened to them. They're terrified. Let's move on. Verse 10. But the angel said to them, so the angel speaks to them, do not be afraid. Okay, that's a good word. That's a good word. Jesus said that right walking on the water. I bring you good news. The angel said, I'm not here to harm you. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm bringing you good news that will cause great joy. This good news is going to cause great joy for all the people, everyone, everywhere. Verse 11. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Wow, All right? So they're terrified, they're scared, and after shaking in their boots, the angel says to them, and at first this is just one angel it seems to be, and the glory of the Lord shining around him, he says, or the angel says, don't be afraid, I bring you good news. 
And so they get up off the ground, they dust themselves off, you know, wipe away the tears, whatever else they had to do to take care of business. I don't know. But he says, this is good news. I'm bringing you good news. And this good news is going to result in great joy. Like great joy. Greater joy that's ever hit the planet before. Today, and here's the good news, today in this town of David, where King David was born, in this little town of Bethlehem, not far from here, a Savior has been born. Can you imagine an angel appearing and telling you that a Savior has been born just down the street? I mean, how crazy would that be? Like, how intense would that be? How awesome and scary and just so many emotions that would go through your mind and go through your body. A Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And he says there's going to be a sign. This is going to be the sign. You're going to find him there, and he's going to be wrapped in, in cloths. He's going to be lying in a manger. And, and, and that could have been enough. You know, that should have been enough right there that the angel said that, and, and, and that, that could have been enough, right? I mean, didn't need to go on any further, but, but just in case... Maybe, shepherds, you think you're like hallucinating or you're just imagining this. All of a sudden, verse 13, a great company of heavenly hosts appear because the announcement of the child by one angel just wasn't going to be enough. Let's bring in the band. And they all appear, this heavenly host appear with the angel and they're praising God and they're saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So not just one angel, but a whole host of angels appear to these shepherds out there in a field where no one else can see what's going on, only them. We don't know how many shepherds are there, probably a group of them. Hanging out, you know, just doing what shepherds do, which is, I don't know what they do, you know, just kind of hanging out, maybe keeping watch over their sheep, making sure nobody steals the sheep. And uh, verse 15, when the angels left them and had gone into heaven, okay, went away into heaven, apparently that's, they went up, they didn't go down, nowhere to go, they went up into heaven, that's why we kind of pray, we look up to heaven, or when we think about heaven, we look up, even though... Heaven isn't necessarily in the clouds or in the sky, but it's the sign, the sign of looking up, away from the earth. It's not on this earth, okay? Uh, to the highest heaven on earth, peace to those who, get, who uh, his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into the heaven, the shepherds, they look at each other and they're like, and they say to one another, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Notice the, the angel said, the town of David, and they knew what that town was. It wasn't some other little town. It was Bethlehem. They knew what town that was, and they wanted to go and see what had happened that the Lord, the Lord, through his angel and through this host of angels, was talking about. Can you imagine as they left those sheep, as they left that hill, the sense of anticipation of what they were going to find? Like maybe pinching themselves, wondering, was this even real? Did we all just imagine this? Have we just been like smelling sheep too much, too long? You know, we've just been out with the sheep too much. We're just turning into a bunch of sheep, seeing things. The anticipation must have been insane. And the expectation of what they were going to find and what that would mean to the world would just be intense, crazy intense. Uh, verse 16, let's co continue on verse 16. So they hurried off, 
Okay, they leave there, they hurry off, and they find Mary and Joseph and the baby, keyword baby, who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about, about them, about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they heard and seen, which were just as they were told. I mean, how intense is that, right? So they go off, they leave the hill, and they get to Bethlehem, and they find, had to take some time to figure out where they might have been staying. They find them in this barn, in this little manger, and there they are, just like, just like, you know, just like the picture shows, right? There's Mary, there's Joseph, there's some animals, it probably smells, and in this manger is this little child, this baby, baby, not a child, baby, important. Um, how insane is that? And so they see this, and uh, when they left, they went and spread the word about all of that they saw and all that they heard and all that was told to them. And they were amazed. They were amazed, and people were amazed at what they told them as they left that little manger scene and that baby. They went and spread the word to everyone they came in contact with as they were working their way back to those sheep, right? Mary treasures these things up, but the shepherds, they returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were so important, just as they were told, exactly the way God laid it out, right? By far, by far in their eyes, in anyone's eyes, this is the greatest thing ever, ever to happen to them while watching sheep, right? Probably the greatest thing to ever happen to them, ever. I mean, and think of all the, 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 the just somewhat very quiet, very boring days on a hill in the field watching sheep at night. I mean, like, like that's sometimes how our lives are, right? Just, just, we just go about our day. We just get up, we take care of the kids, we get them off to school, we go to work, we come home, we fix a meal, and life seems to be somewhat monotonous. There's time and time again, and that's how it was for these guys. Just on a hillside, just doing their thing, and out of nowhere, out of nowhere, the Lord appears. Isn't that cool? I mean, how cool is that? Just, just doing your thing, that's all they were doing. All right, Matthew chapter 2. Let's check out the Magi. We're going to look at the Magi's uh, story. Okay, because they, uh, they enter into the scene during this, uh, the flow of the birth of Jesus as time begins to unfold. And it says in verse 1 of chapter 2 of Matthew, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Okay, so, so this is after Jesus is born. Not really sure how far after, but probably up to two years after. Sometime, most say about a year to a year and a half uh, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which is why the Magi are at the baptistry. Okay? They're not at the manger yet. Uh, but after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, now, during the time of King Herod, which puts it sometime after his birth, Magi from the east. So the Magi are from the east. They came to Jerusalem. They came to Jerusalem and they asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? Right? So they come from the east and they come to Jerusalem and they ask, and we don't really know specifically if they're talking to Herod at this moment. We know they're going to. 
But they ask, where is the one born of the king? Probably they went to Herod to find out, because who else would know, right? But the one who is the king there. He, they say, it says, we saw his star when it rose, and we have come, and probably the words they probably shouldn't have shared at this moment, we have come to worship him, because <laughs> that wasn't, you know, that didn't turn into a good thing. But that's what they came to do. They came from a long distance, these magi, these guys, and they traveled with a lot of people. There were more than three of them. Uh, and they traveled this long distance, which would have taken a long time because they weren't in any hurry. They didn't get there when Jesus was in the manger, when Jesus was a, was a, was a baby. They get there when he is a child. And so they come to Jerusalem at this moment. These are seekers, they're searchers, they're stargazers looking for signs and wonders. And they saw this sign in the sky and they connected the dots and they realized that the king of the Jews was born. And they have come now to worship him. Verse 3, when King Herod heard this, he was like agitated. He was disturbed. He's mad. He's not happy. Because probably they said, we've come to worship this king of the Jews. And all of Jerusalem is stirred up with him, probably because King Herod, who is the, the, one of the most evil kings ever to walk the planet, stirred up everybody about this, the birth of this child, this baby that was born, that was going to be a king in his kingdom. And we can't have that. So when he called... Herod calls together all the people and the chief priests, the teachers of the law, the religious people who might know something about this king of the Jews. He asked them where the Messiah was to be born. And they said, well, we know exactly where he's supposed to be born, in Bethlehem. In Bethlehem, because that's what the prophets all said, right? Had to be that way. Bethlehem of Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. And so then they quote from the prophet Micah, who wrote 700 years earlier they read this, or they write this, or they quote this. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Isn't it interesting that he will shepherd his people, and the first people to come and worship him were shepherds. My, he will shepherd my people. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, and he found out from them the exact time that the star ha had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I can come and worship him too. Right? So that I can come and worship him too. That's what he says. So Herod is not happy with this announcement that there's been a, a, a baby born who is going to be a king. He doesn't like that at all. He wants to find out exactly where this child is, where this child was born, so that he can put an end to this. Is really what he wants. And so he calls the religious people in, and they tell him, well, yeah, this is, we all know this. If you're a Jew, you know this. He was born in Bethlehem. That's what the prophet said. That's no doubt what God is up to right now. It's happening. It's happening like it's happening right now. And so uh, he calls in the Magi, and he wants to find out now exactly what time. When did you see the star? What was the exact time you saw the star? And so there, remember, they were a long distance off. And they saw the star. When they saw the star, they knew a king was born, and they began to make preparations to make this long journey over to Jerusalem to find out what's going on. And when they get there, the star apparently isn't there, so they go to Jerusalem and they begin to ask where where the child is. Where is this one that was born king of the Jews? Because they don't really know exactly where he is. 
And uh, so they are called in, verse 9, look at that. Verse 9, after they had heard the king, um, I'm sorry, back up to verse 7. Then Herod called the Magi, he calls them in, he finds out the exact time that the star appeared, and he sends them to go make a search. Verse 9, after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and look what happens. The star that they had seen when it rose now went on ahead of them. This is, a, this is a, a fascinating star. This is not just some star that's over there and they went to it. This star appears to be leading them. It's not stationary. It's leading them to this child. So this star, the star that they had seen when it rose from where they came from, went on ahead of them until it stopped over the place the star stopped over the place. Now, you, that doesn't happen. You know, we don't see stars. Like, we'll see shooting stars, maybe. Uh, and we'll see, like, airplanes that look like stars that are moving. But we don't see that. We're so far away from the stars that they don't appear to move at all, no matter where you are on the planet. They're, they just stay. But this star stops over the place where the child is. That's insane. That's crazy. That's miraculous. And uh, so... It, it, until it stopped over the place where the child was, the child, notice in the shepherd passage, it's the baby, and here it's the child because it's, it's longer than uh, probably a year. Uh, it says, verse 10, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed, and on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. That's pretty cool. That's quite the reaction, right? That's what happens when, like when you come into the presence of the king. You bow down and you worship. And they came ready to do that. And then they opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And then having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country, or their, their country, by another route. So a couple things to note as we think about this. Uh, number one is this, that the, the shepherds, when we read about the shepherds, Jesus is referred to as a baby, and when you read the story of the Magi, he's a child. So we know there's an age difference. Secondly, there's, there's God's arsenal. As, you, as we think about these two stories, the shepherds coming to worship Jesus and the Magi making that long trek to come and worship the baby, God uses this arsenal of things to guide them and people to guide. He uses like a dreams. He uses uh, uh, angels. He, it says the Lord appeared. It says the star led them, right? It says the heavenly hosts kind of pointed them in the right direction and saying glory, glory. People are used. Prophets are used. Kings and emperors are used to guide these people to Jesus, to worship Jesus. That's fascinating. That's insane, isn't it? It's just amazing. All that God was doing through the shepherds and the magi to bring them to the place where they would worship the sun. Worship the sun. So some observations. Let's make some observations about these two groups, the shepherds and the magi. We, uh, we saw details about the prophecies, right, a couple weeks ago. The prophecies and details about all that God did leading up to the birth of the Son. We saw the details about the day that Jesus was born and he came to this earth. And now the Son is worshipped, which is the, the, the exact thing that should happen when we understand who he is. Worship should take place. Right? Worship. 
Worshiping the king. Worshiping the one who came to save you from your sins. I mean, that's, that's big, right? That's a big deal. That's not a little thing. Jesus was born to die for your sins. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the God himself became one of us to go to a cross so that human beings like us could be saved. It doesn't get any bigger than that, does it? I mean, it doesn't get any more serious. It doesn't get any more intense. And we should not be any more thankful for anything else on this planet than that and what Jesus has done for us. So a couple observations, five of them actually to be exact. First one is this. Both groups, these shepherds and these magi, they are just, they're just doing their thing. They're just going about life. They're just doing what they do. That's all they're doing. The magi, you know, these guys are astrologers, which means maybe basically that they, they read the signs and the stars and they're looking for what great thing might happen next. That is what they do. They are not Jews. Okay? These are magi, and they practice things that are forbidden by the Jews. These are secular people living in the world, Gentiles, that have come to worship Jesus. That's what they are. That's who they are. In chapter 2 of Matthew, verse 1, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. These are smart, intelligent, educated people. They have studied, they have believed, and they have gone to find this one, king of the Jews. They went looking for him. They're just doing what they do. That's what magis do. They're smart people, but they believe in anything, and they believe in everything. They are seekers of the bizarre. The stars, the planets, astrology, ancient writings, it doesn't matter. They're just interested in everything and anything that might be kind of out there. And they come to worship Jesus. They just are doing what magi do. That's what they're doing. And they end up in a barn well, no, they don't. Sorry. Slap my face, somebody. Don't do that to me. Stay right where you are. I know, you've been wanting me to say that for a long time. They come to the house. <laughs> they come to the house where the child is to worship this Jesus. And it didn't matter how long it took. They weren't, they weren't needing to get there when he was a baby. They knew he was born and they were going to come worship him, no matter where he was on his growth uh, as, a, as a child, as a young boy growing up. The shepherds, these guys, you know, they're just doing their thing, right? They're just shepherds. They're just tending sheep, right? They're just up on a, they're out in the field. They're up on a hillside. Who knows? They're just like smelly, no doubt smelly, right? These are smelly guys. They've been stepping in it. They've been sleeping in it. They've been walking in it. And it's probably all over them. And they're a bit wild people. They're just out there shepherds. You're like, like not everybody is going to say, I, I want to be a shepherd. I'm going to go sleep out on the hillside on the rocks and I'm going to watch sheep, right? That's, but that's what these guys do. Their biggest concern of the night was don't let a wolf eat the lambs. Like, that's it. That's what we're here for. We're just here to protect the sheep. And at night, wolves like to come because nobody can see them. And so they're going to sneak up on the sheep, and they're going to grab one, and they're going to have dinner, a late-night snack. But the shepherd's job is make sure that doesn't happen. During the day, it's not as big a deal because, you know, because you can see from a distance. 
But that's their job. That's all they're out there doing. They're just doing what they do. They're doing what shepherds do. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. When did this happen? At night. And an angel of the Lord appeared. So, so you think about the birth of Jesus was late at night. At some point during, before, after the sun went down and before it came up, this miracle happened at night. In the night, the light was born. That's, that's pretty, pretty cool. And at night is when these shepherds were like visited by these angels and pointed to go and find this baby. And so they go, they go. But they're just doing what shepherds do. That's all they're doing. Living in the field, keeping watch over their flock, out of nowhere, minding their own business. An angel of the Lord appears to them. They're just going about what shepherds go about. And God steps in when the time was right, and he said, I can use you guys. God decided, I can use you guys. They had no idea. They were clueless. They weren't out there going, man, I hope God appears. So I mean, maybe they were. Maybe they, I wish God, you know, we sometimes say, God, show me a sign that you're real. Show me a sign, God, that you're real, that you're really, like, leading me, or God, that you really exist, you know. And, and maybe they were thinking that. I don't know, probably not. They're probably just watching the sheep, making sure, hey, was that a wolf? You know, they're just out there, just doing what they do, and God steps in. And, you know, sometimes that's all we need to be doing. It's just doing what God has called you to do in your life. And when he steps in, you'll know it, right? Which leads us to point number two, this observation number two, and that's this. When God steps in, he will get your attention. So I think we look so hard for God that we look past God. Like we don't, we don't even see God because we're, we're trying too hard. The Magi, they see this bright star, right? They're doing what they do. They see this star and, and that certainly must mean something. It's this big. This is bigger than normal. It's out of the ordinary, and they can't ignore it. And so they have to follow where it leads. See, yeah, just one thing happens, and they respond, and, and then God continues to work, and you respond. That's it. When God steps in, he's going to get your attention, and they could not, like, ignore what was going on. To them... Uh, God provides this crazy star that seems to be moving as it leads them. They are magi from the east, right? They are from the east. That's what Matthew 2, 1 said. They see the star. It's over there near Jerusalem, near Bethlehem. It's over there or somewhere close. And they arrive in Jerusalem and they ask, where is the one who was born king of the Jews? And in Matthew chapter 2, verse 19, they, they leave and the star appears Again, and it went on ahead of them, and it stopped over where the child was. So this star just keeps leading them to where they need to go. That's how God works, right? <laughs> provide a star for you. He's probably not going to provide a star for you to follow, but he's going to get your attention. You will know it's God. The shepherds, they get a visit from an angel of, of God, so there's no denying this. And then they have this, like, live and in concert show by the great company of heavenly host band right and what a rock show that must have been out there on the hill and, and to the magi the star that points them in the direction of the child and to the shepherds god sends his angels so whatever it takes god is going to get your attention when he wants it right 
And, and, and neither were really like looking for God to show them anything. They were just doing what they were doing. They're just going about their business. They're going about what, what they were doing on the planet. And there's no denying that God is now on the move. God is up to something big. He's, he's doing something big, and he's going to use certain people, whoever he chooses. And when God is in it, you can't miss it. Okay? You can, you can miss it because you're trying too hard, or you can miss it because you're just totally not paying attention to anything. But it might be in a whisper. It might be in a burning bush. It might be in a band of angels, or it might be in a small, still voice. But when God steps in, he will get your attention. He will. And these shepherds are just on the hillside, chilling out, watching over their sheep, making sure the wolves don't eat them. But they got it. They got it, and then they responded. They followed it. They followed what God had said to them. When God steps in, he'll get your attention. Number three, number three, moving forward with God will take effort. It will take effort if you're going to move forward with God. The Magi, right, they're, they're on the lookout for anything out there. They don't, it doesn't matter to them if it's from God or wherever it's from. They're just looking at the signs. They're searching for stuff. They're studying. They're seeking. You know, and, and they see this sign in the stars in the sky, and they go. This is a huge entourage, right? They see the star in the, from the east, and this huge entourage of people travel, right? They're servants. There's cooks. These are wealthy guys. These are educated guys. These are very, uh, very uh, like prominent people. And they have a whole crew of people traveling with them. And they see the star and they make the long journey. It's costly. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some sacrifice. It's going to take saying goodbye to certain people because I'm going on this journey. Right? And from the time... From the time that they saw the star over where Bethlehem seemed to be and the time they traveled or arrived in Jerusalem, it's close to two years because when the child was born, apparently the star appeared in the sky. So they saw it at birth, and by the time they got there, we're talking a year and a half, up to two years. Magi, they are the, a very important people, right? They get, they get some kind of instant audience with King Herod when they arrive in Jerusalem. Like, you didn't get that. Nobody got that. You didn't get to just walk in and talk to the king. I mean, that just didn't happen. Try go to the go to Washington and just knock on the gate and say, I want to talk to the president, see what happens. You know, you probably get escorted off, right? You get carried away to jail or something. And the shepherds, they leave the sheep, right? In the middle of the night, their number one job, don't let sheep get eaten. And what do they do? See them. They're like, this is too big. This is huge. This is worth chasing after. This is worth leaving the sheep over. And they leave everything and they go. So moving forward with God is going to take effort. It's going to take effort on our part. Number four, when you finally meet Jesus, here's what we find out. You can't help but worship. You can't help but worship him. Like the Magi, in Matthew 2, on coming to the house, right, they see the child with his mother, Mary, and they bow down, the scripture says, and they worshiped him. Like out of a secular mind. These are Magi. These are not Christian people or Jewish people looking to worship Jesus in particular. But they are aware 
of something great has happened on the planet. And this baby is more special than any other. And they come and they bow down and they worship him because they understand he is a king. He is a king. And whether they understand that's from God or not doesn't matter. They're doing what people do when you meet Jesus. And they come with gifts. They come prepared to bless Him. They knew all along that they were coming to, to be in the presence of greatness. And they come with these gifts from the get-go. They know He's great. And the shepherds, they go into town looking, right? They leave the sheep in the field. They hurry off. They find Mary, Joseph, and the baby just lying there in the manger, just like the angels told them they would. Just like the Lord said. And what do they do? They praise God. They're praising God for all that they had heard and all that they had seen. And so what happens when you meet Jesus? Worship. You can't help but worship. It just happens. It happens. Revelation chapter 19 says this, A voice of the multitude, like many waters, saying, Hallelujah, the Lord our God reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad. Give Him the glory. Like waters, like a thunderer is the, this crowd of the multitude singing in Revelation, singing in the future, praising God and giving glory to God because that's what we will do. We will worship Him. That's what, that's what heaven will be about, is about the worship of the one who is king. And the fifth thing is this, an encounter will, with God will leave you, uh, will not leave you, or will leave you changed. It will leave you changed. You will be different. And, and we see this with the Magi. They, they are warned, right? They're warned at the end of the story. They're warned uh, by God to not return to the king because the king wanted them, remember, to come back and tell him where the child was so he can go worship them as well. But they don't go there, right? Instead of reporting to Herod, they go home by a different route. Now, a lot of times we read over that and we go, okay, they just went home by another route. But no, it's not that simple. Herod hates anything. If you, if you get in my way, you're, you're in trouble. So there's no doubt that Herod could have sent an army after them. We, we don't know. That's the risk that they were now taking. They were willing to risk their lives, not to go back to Herod and tell them, tell him what they had found, but instead just go home another way. And Herod could easily have sent an army to just wipe them off the planet. We, maybe he did. We don't even know. We will never know. When we get to heaven, that's one of the questions I'm going to ask. What happened to the man? No. Um, you know, we don't know what happened, but that was a great risk that they took. Anyone else who didn't care would have just went back to Herod and said, we found him. He's in Bethlehem. He's in a little stable right there. All right? So they're warned. They don't do it. Like, it's not just anymore about their astrology, it seems. It seems to be to them a little bit more than that. They came like as seekers and as seers and astrologers, but I think they left as believers. They left with a different sense about who this was and who they came to see, even though maybe they didn't start with that. So an encounter with God will leave you changed. I think it left them changed. And then in Luke 2, the shepherds return, right? They return back to their sheep glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they were told. Verse 17 says, they spread the word about what they had been told them about the child. And all that heard were amazed. So for these shepherds, this became like 
contagious, a contagious faith in their life. The sheep were not so important. The priority now was Jesus. And on the way back uh, to the sheep, they were going, but on the way back, their attitude was different. On the way back, they went back glorifying and praising the Lord. Their lives were different because of it. Here comes the sun, right? Here comes the sun. These shepherds and these magi, they came to see this Jesus, and they went away as they worshiped the Son of God. They came to worship the sun. Here comes the sun. Uh, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, Mary and Joseph traveled, right? They, right? And, 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 the, and, and, and right there, just like God said, all right, was a stable, the sun is born, right there in Bethlehem, in this little manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And God set the stage beautifully for them. And then hundreds, even thousands of years prior to that, God began to set the stage for his son. And God began to say, here comes my son. Through many prophets, over 120 prophecies, all concerning this baby, all concerning the life of Jesus. God said it back then, and God is saying it to you and me today. Paul said it like this, the Lord himself will come down from the heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. He is coming again. Jesus is coming again. And God's word to us at this time of the year is get ready. Here comes my son. Be ready. There's no excuse to not be ready. Here comes my son. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. And we're so grateful, God, that you that you love us, that you have done so much on our behalf, Father, for us, to bring us into a relationship with you, into your presence. Our sins are covered. They're, they're taken away by the blood of Christ and by what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And God, we just celebrate the fact that you were willing to come to us when there was no way that we could ever get to you. And we give you praise. We give you glory and honor, God, today. We want to live our lives, Father, for you each day, every moment, that we would live lives that would honor you, that our lives would be changed because, because we've met you. We'd be different from the people in this world. Not better, but different. That we would live our lives at a standard that is set by you. That we would be aware of the things in this world that want to lead us astray. We'd be aware of those things, Father. Help us, Father, to, to walk with you, to walk in the light, to walk with Jesus. We love you so much. We're so grateful. We look forward to a new year and new things for you to do great things, Father, in our lives. Help us to be ready when you call. God, we love you so much. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.